0: Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight-talking ideas to grow your business.
1: Well, hello there, and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast, the show that aims to help you grow your business. As always, my name's John Lawley, and I'm your web wizard.
2: And I'm Georgia, and I'm your brand guardian.
1: And as always, you can find out more about us at marketingsimplified.co.uk. And of course, please um, subscribe via iTunes, and also um, Google podcasts nowadays. So um, we're a number of weeks now into the uh, coronavirus and everything is starting to ease up. So business is starting to flow a bit better. So Georgia and I are uh, delighted to be joined by Karen Revel-Keon of Future Marketing Now who is a virtual marketing director. So Karen, welcome to the
0: show. Thank you very much, John and Georgia. Nice to see you both. And to you. Tell us
1: a bit more about yourself then and your background.
0: Okay, so I've spent almost, um, believe it or not, 30 years in corporate marketing. Um, I started off as a graduate trainee at Mars, and then I have uh, rattled through other corporations like Nestle, Unilever. I worked in the Far East for Seagram, who at the time owned brands like Martel and Chivas Regal. I came back to the UK, and I've managed brands like Monopoly um, for Hasbro. I went on to um, Vitties. And I've worked for National Lottery and um, managing brands like Euromillions and their scratch cards offering, um, New York Bakery, uh, Bagels, if, you, if you're not familiar with the company. And then most recently, I was marketing director for an SME um, in biotech, which was a whole, a, quite a change, but quite similar in many ways to what I'd done before. So, yeah, I've had um, a, long, a long and interesting career, shall we say it's an
2: amazing list of brands right there isn't it
0: i think i've been really fortunate yeah i think i've I've been fortunate to work on some really great brands around the world yeah it's been good
1: and dare we say which ones you've been your favorite so far
0: Oh, um, I loved working on Euromillions, um, which was for the National Lottery. That was a very exciting time. Um, I was working for the lottery around the time of the London Olympics and Camelot and the lottery were getting a lot of plaudits for having largely financed um, this, the London Stadium and a lot of, um, a lot of the, the running of the Olympics. So it was a great time to be working on that brand, um, you know, for that company. Um, but I've also got a, a soft spot for New York Bakery as well. I can't <laughs> put them down.
2: Yeah. I was going to say,
1: yeah, I think we all do. Definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, especially in a lockdown scenario. So, so how have you transferred then now? Because so you've obviously worked with some huge brands then mm. that we've just, you've just talked us through. What, how does that now translate to what you're doing currently?
0: so i've set myself up at the back end of last year as a virtual marketing director and i've set out to help small businesses and startups just get their marketing off the ground Um, i think you know once once a a business gets to a certain size and their and their sales get going it's easy for them to set up a marketing department and really um, bring in a lot a whole team of professionals and and get things started but what I was seeing by talk, talking to the founders um, of some of the small businesses is that they just didn't know how to get started. And I felt with my breadth of experience um, that I had something to offer at them as a, you know, a, a virtual marketing director. So not someone who works with them full-time, but someone who works with them on a project basis and occasionally on a retainer basis to really manage their marketing and get them started um, in a way that they don't know how. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a, yeah, it's been successful. It's been a successful venture so far. Sounds
2: brilliant. I know from um, a lot of my clients, when they come to me and they have used all various different suppliers and they're trying to manage all their marketing themselves, yeah. they really need someone like you that can just streamline everything yeah. and stop them making errors as well in those yeah. First yeah. Year, few years. It's critical, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, it is. And I mean, a lot of companies say, oh, well, we're on Facebook and we're doing a lot of posts and, you know, that we're not getting much from that. And we're, we're trying, um, you know, we're putting some leaflets out, but we're not quite sure if it's working. And really, you need to step back and go, OK, let's let's take this from the beginning. And what are you trying to achieve? Who are you talking to and what's going to be the best way to reach them? And once you start stepping back, people get it, it kind of falls into place for people. But I think it does need an outside critical eye experience to, to help them. You know, find the right mix. Yeah.
1: So apart from budget, then I suppose yeah. would be the major thing. How does it differ working with the Mars? <laughs> wow, <laughs>
0: is, yes, the budget is the big one. Um, I think how does it differ? Um, I think I think you're going back. You, you know, you you have to kind of go in assuming people don't know too much about marketing, um, but they know a lot about their product. I think if you go to Mars, I think most people would say they know about marketing. It's just the kind of training they have, and that's the same in a lot of Particularly consumer-centric um, companies, as everyone has a pretty good idea of what they're selling and who their target market is. But believe it or not, some of the some of the small businesses have got to where they are on the basis of word of mouth and recommendations. And when they start to run out, they're a little bit like, "Well, how do I get new people in?" And actually they probably haven't really thought about who their ideal customer is in, in a way that then, okay, what, where, how can I reach them? How can I reach them online? You know, how do I get their details so I can start talking to them? They just haven't thought that through. And startups are at an even bigger disadvantage because quite often the founders are so into, into the product um, that their idea of marketing, and not, it's not an entirely wrong, is to, to put out a brochure with all the product features which is great, but they're not really addressing the reason people buy or or subscribe to their product, which is their need. What is it they need? What problem are you solving for them? So there's a bit of a disconnect in small businesses, I think, quite often between what you're offering and who you're offering it to and why they're going to buy it, Um, which the big corporations don't suffer from. But definitely I'm finding with small businesses, that's a, a really... usual starting point um to be honest
2: with a startup i think it's kind of deemed that you're a startup within the first two years aren't you that's kind of one way how you're classified so at what point of that journey um a client's um best that they best come to you is it right at the beginning of that or do they need to maybe sort of test out their their products or their services a little bit generate some kind of revenue to then come to you six months a year later when they've got some results on things to say, yes, I definitely want to do this. This is, this is the area I want to grow. What's the best time that you like to sort of get involved?
0: It varies. I mean, I think when they've got some budget and usually to get that budget, they've got proof of product, proof of concept. So they've got some idea of what they're offering and that people out there do want it. And then someone has given them some funding or they've got a grant perhaps. Um, I've got one company uh, that I've done everything, all their marketing from They They were a biotech company, Um, They had a great proof of concept, uh, and they were part of an accelerator who gave them quite a large amount of money, and and a lot of that they spent on their marketing mix. So I set up their website, their brand positioning, sorted out their packaging, did the full launch mix for them because they were scientists and they had no real idea of how to start it. But they had a, gra- a, a sizable grant behind them. So I think it's once you've got a funder, be it, be it someone who's loaning you the money or someone giving you a grant and says, yeah, I think you've got something here. I think that's the time to come and seek some professional marketing advice. So
1: are there, are there a lot of funds still out there? the moment or ways yes. to get funding? Or is that starting to completely dry up with the current situation?
0: Well, I think there are still funds out there. I think finding them is becoming more challenging. But I think, I mean, I'm a member of a few networks that do um, look at funding startups, what they call scale-ups. So businesses that maybe have got a couple of years worth of sales, and funders are interested but they want to see how you're going to cope with the current situation so how you've adapted and where you believe your sales are going to come from and i just think the process the process between applying for those funds and getting them is going to be longer i think there's going to be a lot more proof and a lot more you know um kicking the tires and making sure that you're, you're you can be you're going to be in good shape so yeah it's a, it's a really challenging time um Yeah, but I was just talking to one client today and I was helping them put together their marketing case to take um, basically on a roadshow, virtual roadshow, obviously, around a group of funders. So, yeah, there is activity. I just think it's hard work.
2: I know John asked you your favorite um, client that you're using amongst that outstanding list of brands that you've worked for but now obviously you have your your own business and you're working for companies do you have a soft spot for a certain industry type that you're helping at the moment
0: that you have a passion for is there any one or a couple maybe gosh it's you know that my client list is so varied um you know I'm working for a biotech I've done some work for an IT company there's one proposal I'm putting in at the moment which I can't talk too much about but it would be so exciting is um a, um, a famous, a kind of famous musician in the classical world has got a, mu- a group of musicians together and has got a great musical, classical music offering um, that, he, that he's putting together um, to take to China. And he wants to have a sponsorship package around it that builds British industry. So maybe the lesser well-known brand, British brands, if he can get them to sponsor his streams, because initially it's going to be all streamed um, via one of the social um, platforms uh, or sponsor his live performances, then he will be you know, furthering his own group as well as British business. And, uh uh, you know that would that is so exciting as a as a project to work on yeah but then equally you know i'm doing a i'm doing a proposal for a small health clinic um and i think the results will be quicker and more tangible so yeah but i do like the big stuff the big picture stuff is is exciting as well as helping helping small businesses do a quick turnaround
1: yeah dreaming big I suppose, from things like that, but I like the mix of, of culture and music yeah, and, and business. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's a relatively new business, so I'm finding clients are coming from all over the place at the moment, which is nice for me.
1: Obviously, in any kind of situation, such as the, the one that we're currently in, there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. Um, yeah. Is it is it a case of just grabbing the bull by the horns if you know you can you've got a good proof of concept at the moment? Or yeah. is it better to be a bit on the play a bit more conservative
0: oh I don't know um, I was advising a business recently that um really I, I felt should launch during the pandemic because it's an online offering um, it's to, it's linked with weddings of which very few are happening this year but one of the things that um you know the lockdown has given is plenty of people who are thinking about getting married plenty of time to plan their wedding um, and they and I said you know launch now because people will be looking next year next year so they'll book your service now and you can have a nice long list of um of you know, and they pay you know you can they can either pay now or pay six months before or whatever um structure a payment uh, around you know the fact that this is a pandemic and you'll have a business during the pandemic they are a bit more conservative actually and have and, and decided just to create a wait list of people for 2021 so they've decided to be more conservative other businesses might have said let's try and let's try and plan ahead And really put some money into marketing now, so that people, you know, are booking and and thinking ahead. So I think both can work. I think they're that they're obviously very very happy with their strategy. Um, But I would say if you've got something great that you can see can work during, you know, at at the moment, then go for it. Definitely. You
2: You mentioned the wedding industry. I have another business that's actually in wedding stationery design, and I work with a lot of people in the wedding industry. And it's it's exactly what you just said. I mean all events are off for the rest of the year. And you'd be thinking, my goodness, this is businesses that are potentially about to completely fold. But in in these guys being really passionate about their marketing and remaining visible online, especially in the Instagrams and the Facebooks, because that's where yeah. all the brides are, um, they're, they're finding that they are, they are being booked left, right, and centre for 2021 sure. now. And they're yeah. really happy in other ways, because um, one of the DJs, for example, who would only normally do Saturdays and Sundays – venues are now having to be a bit more flexible and and encourage some more weekday weddings Mm. which is great then for him because he's now able to do some work on days that he wasn't able to before because no one ever wanted the weddings which means more income for him because he's doing more weddings next year so it's kind of like a Hit and miss, but yeah. many it's hit companies. and miss.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I would encourage, you know, any businesses in that area just to get themselves out there, you know, and and keep advertising and keep working during the pandemic because there will be businesses that that don't. So those that do will have, for example, a higher share of voice. You'll be more noticeable if you are putting the effort in now versus mm-hmm. those companies who've gone well. Hang on a minute, I'm not so sure. You know, let's let's just wait and see. Um, and I'd say, yeah, you know, be be optimistic and push forward and, and work out a way to at least even if the event isn't happening until much further work out a way of creating an income stream for your, for yourself now and um, mm-hmm. from those services yeah
1: that is that's a really good point and something we were talking on another podcast about with an SEO as, um, expert who's saying some similar points there it's like you said a lot of the competition. Is, is not or is hiding away or isn't necessarily showing themselves out there. So the cost for actually digital advertising is coming down. Oh, is that something down, you've found yeah. as well?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Facebook advertising in particular is looking very good value at the moment um, for, the right, for the right offer. Absolutely. Um, that's coming down quite considerably. Um, so we ran a campaign. <laughs> we were trying to find 50 people to try a new product and we turned it off after a day and a half. Because, um, you know, we were getting the impressions people were clicking through really, really quickly. um, And the, you know, the cost was rock bottom and the speed at which it happened was really quick. We didn't have to try very hard to find them um, because no one, you know, no one else was particularly bidding on that audience.
1: So are there any particular brands you think are going to start doing very well in a Mm post-coronavirus world? uh, Having an interesting conversation today with a few people in my network, um, who, and it it wasn't necessarily too much of a positive conversation, it was saying, is there going to be a split that's going to start to occur where you're going to find that people who have resources and money, et cetera, are going to be very happy still to continue to to spend? And then you're going to have another larger considerable section of society obviously who can't mm. but um is that the the haves are still happy to spend
0: uh, yeah i think i think you know the haves are still very happy to spend and are looking for places to spend their money i think the businesses that would do really well and i'm, th- I'm thinking particularly particularly in north in north london is the local businesses You know, people are reluctant to travel, for example, to Oxford Street, if you're thinking about retail um, and then looking towards their local high street for the things that they want. Um, And I think those kind of businesses that have been there throughout the lockdown, either, you know, servicing their clients online or have managed to keep their business, their physical business open to some kind of degree. Maybe they've done click and collect. Um, They will continue to do really, really well um and businesses that have kept in touch during the pandemic as well um i think you know not those that just maybe sent out of uh, we're with you on this we're thinking of you email at the start of the pandemic and then forgot about it but businesses that have actually reached tried to reach out and really been visible in helping uh, their local community be it if they're not retail if they're something else you know if they've got another service to offer will do very very well i think the businesses that ov- obviously the businesses that won't do well are those who've got um, huge overheads and uh, have, haven't have really struggled to reopen or are struggling to reopen um, you know they're really having to make some massive decisions and uh, potentially invest, investing in their brand is the last thing on their mind at the moment and, and I, I think that won't do them any favors either.
1: You've hit upon something a running joke I think on this podcast in recent weeks where we've all felt very supported by Sainsbury's yep. although I haven't shopped at Sainsbury's but I'm getting the weekly emails from the CEO um, but yeah I mean that's something that Georgia has touched on a lot as well I think about local local businesses in the areas and it was it was something we talked about before even like the you know living in North London the local farm mm-hmm. at the road we're now getting actual milk delivered from an yes. actual farm rather wow. than a supermarket who knew isn't that amazing
0: was, they, and they're in glass bottles as well good for the environment maybe
1: absolutely as well yeah, yeah it took me right yeah. back to my childhood Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I North London that. is the last outpost of the milkman actually oh really <laughs> well it feels like it sometimes <laughs> I, I'm one of the only people who has a milkman that I know actually <laughs> Oh wow.
2: I'd love to know Karen have you found that there's um you're noticing a difference in attitude maybe with some of your current clients or maybe people that you sort of had on on the line in terms of them becoming a client just before the pandemic in terms of them being a bit more open to different ideas that you're proposing to them because of what's happened and maybe a fear that something might happen again, like God forbid in the future, where businesses are on lockdown and they're unable to run their day to day as they would. Hmm. Um, Have you noticed a change in in the attitude of your clients and, and how they're working with you and maybe how they're receiving your ideas as to maybe how they were six months
0: ago? Yeah, I think, I think, um, Most businesses are very conscious of needing a really robust online presence. So whereas previously they may may have had a website with a couple of pages and a contact me here page, I think they're looking to expand that to talk more about what their business is doing. I'm also, um, I've got a client who I'm getting to look at um, an online loyalty app um, because as as much as anything, it enables him to, to communicate directly with his customers as well as reward them for their loyalty. And that's an idea that I think six 12 months ago he wouldn't have been interested in it because the business is coming through the door he didn't feel that he had to nurture it and people are really conscious about future proofing as well and so you know making sure that the things they didn't have this time like a you know an up-to-date email list of their best clients and that they do have going forward so that they can continue to um, you know to continue to do business with them in some form or other Um, yeah so definitely Anything that says, well, you know, you, you can get hold of your customers' details, you can inc- nurture them and encourage them to keep coming back. People are much more interested in that now. Um, yeah.
1: You did, yes. I, I remember getting one particular phone call a couple of months ago from someone saying, oh, it seems like you have to have a website now or it needs to be online. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I don't exist.
0: Oh, how true how true you know you know it's been for for many people it's felt like that for a while but if you could walk up into a business you kind of forgave them you, if you can't do that then you are invisible you know um we've yeah, said
2: that before as well the power of the email because you know the likes of mark zuckerberg could wake up tomorrow and turn off facebook and we never see it again um so it's good you know it's it's uh, brilliant for brand awareness and for attracting our ideal clients to be on certain platforms and to go and venture into certain marketing strategies as well but you have to think bigger picture as well that where we don't own these certain platforms online and um, we yeah. need to make sure that should anything happen to those if they were closed for they yeah. were apart for a week you know could our businesses still continue are we still able to reach our clients and mm-hmm. um, directly speak to them you know yeah uh, so it, i know that's really really important um, in all areas of, of marketing yeah. to have those original details so that you can have the conversations
0: yeah and it's much more email campaigns are quite often much more cost effective than trying you know having to boost your facebook posts just so they reach a reasonable number of your customers Um, so i'm encouraging a couple of customers to offer post lockdown discounts Mm -hmm. um, for a very you know a limited time or the first hundred customers or whatever not so that it devalues their um their offering but just so that it, it kind of puts them back in, you know, top of mind. You know, well, actually, I don't want their service right now. But look, they're offering 20% off to the first 100 customers. That's really nice. But I don't need it right now. But, you know, it, it creates a brand image. It, it does offer an incentive for some people to come back or even just to get on your website and see what you're up to. And email is a powerful way of getting that offer out there.
1: I completely agree. I think this is something that people have massively under in, especially if they've been mm-hmm. in an SME environment. But it's, uh, this is a bit, maybe a bit of a nerdy question, um, but someone with your experience, I'm sure will have a better understanding of it than I am. Mm, Recently, <laughs> <laughs> there's the, the, the Trump rallies are back on in the United States. Obviously, it's a bit of a sideshow here. But um, there was the implications that millions of um, young people who weren't necessarily Republicans or Trump supporters, had signed up for tickets and had joined the mailing list of the Trump campaign. So does that mean that that has completely skewed all of that customer data that the Trump campaign will have? Or will it help inform them in the future?
0: Wow. Interesting question. I mean... How are they going to know that they're not genuine Republicans other than taking a register, a roll call at the event? You know, For example, on a regular email campaign, if someone doesn't open three of your emails in a, in a row, you might decide to take them off your list. If they've signed up for tickets, don't turn up an event, you may never know who they are.
1: The only thing I can liken that to is being a student, and this is you know 20-odd years ago, um, you know, when the pennies aren't necessarily in the amounts that you would like them to be, and sending off for the latest batch of head and shoulders shampoo Um, Of course, you can get one free per person. However, what they didn't realise on the web sign-up form is if you just changed your name slightly, they would still send it out to the same address and 85 bottles of trial head and shoulder shampoo Mm -hmm. arrived through our letterbox. It's another way, I suppose, of data manipulation. Um, It is,
0: it is, it is. But most most free sign-ups, they, they limit you to one per email address or even one per IP address. So you've got to be quite dedicated, I think, to keep going around to different laptops and signing up for the same offer with a different email address. You know, that's, you know, almost you almost deserve those free products for the effort that you're putting in. (laughs) It's quite difficult, I'd say. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, just, just trying to fool the system, I suppose. But anyway, so, so just going back to, um, to you and future marketing, um, yep. who, is, who is your ideal client for someone like yourself?
0: My ideal client is, any, is anyone who's running a small business who has maybe tried marketing or is just starting off and just wants some help, you know, some strategic help um, with understanding the direction they should be going in uh, and some help getting those campaigns going. Um, so any, you know, any small business that is looking for that kind of help is absolutely on my list. Um, obviously, they need a bit of funding. Um, I'm not very fond of people who, who want to do it all themselves. Because that's a, you know, that, that happens every now and then. They just want a little chat. But yeah, absolutely. Any small business that feels it could benefit from a bit of strategic input and help getting going um is is right up my street um yeah to be honest.
1: and what's what's the best way for them to get in touch with someone like yourself
0: so i've got um, a website www.futuremarketingnow.com um if they go on there uh, on the home page right in the front it's click here for a free consultation you just enter in your contact details and i i, I can get back to you straight away um, and the website also has um, an, an email address and also a telephone number if you can't wait
1: wonderful stuff well karen thank you very much for joining us um and that's all from us this week thank you very much for watching or listening um and don't forget to leave us a review on itunes and we'll see you next time that's all for this time
2: but don't worry we'll be
0: back with more soon stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.